I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube and host of this podcast with Isaac Harris, the Daily Mavericks podcast. We've been toiling away all summer and preseason, and now, finally, the Mavericks have notched their first win. What you got to say about it, Isaac Harris? Oh my gosh, we have so much to say. Uh, we're recording this at like 12, what, 12.15 in the morning, one fifteen your time, but... We're dedicated, man. We're going to we, we're going to crank out these post game pods. You're going to have audio from after the game. You're going to have tidbits from stuff from inside the arena. That's just what you get from our pods. Like that's part it, of it. That's the thing. That's what you're going to get. You'll hear from Luca later on. But we are going to talk about on this podcast the Dallas Mavericks' first win of the season. Isaac Harris. We're undefeated, baby. Undefeated, tied for the number one record in the entire NBA. Getting home court advantage in the playoffs. <laughs> Everything's in front of the Mavericks. Uh, a 108 to 100 win over the Wizards. And man, that's uh, that score does not really indicate the game, but it was super exciting. So we'll get to all that. But before we do, Isaac is going to tell us all about what it was like opening night, just the arena, what the feel was outside. Um, and then, oh, I have a couple things from Mark Cuban on Ben and Skin. Just a couple of quick things that I want to get to. Um, so Cuban came up with the idea of Dirk's logo on the floor, which I thought was cool. And he was on the Ben and skin show. One five, three, the fan, the radio station. He was on for a whole hour and I listened to the whole hour. And he said that the, the logo on the floor was supposed to be a surprise for Dirk and everyone for opening night. But with the two K stuff, he said, but the two K stuff leaked it. And my first thought was, you guys didn't think about that. <laughs> you guys didn't think about 2K coming out. And then my second thought was, what, did he mean opening night for preseason? Because it's kind of hard to hide those things. Um, he also said the positioning of the little logos on the floor, the logos of Dirk, were intentional because he didn't want to put it in front of the visiting team's bench so that they would step on Dirk every time they got up. <laughs> thought that was funny. And then Dirk's statue. Cuban and Dirk have talked about the statue. They've met and discussed it. They said it's going to take a while going to take some time not not sure how much time but that they have already discussed preliminary things about it and cuban insinuated that he also had talked to dirk about his jersey retirement and said that they didn't want to do it early in the season which i think left it open for it possibly happening this season isaac doesn't that just make you excited oh yeah excited and kind of sad at the same time but it's just gonna be weird we haven't seen dirk in a, in a while i don't expect to see dirk for a while but yeah, I mean, if it does happen this season, I think it'll be towards the end. But honestly, I don't even think it, if I have to guess, I don't even think it happens this year. I think it happens at the beginning of next year um, because hopefully this team is pushing for the playoffs and all the focus is on that. And just I don't think Dirk will even want to take anything from that. So I could see it being at the you know, first of next season. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen this season. But the way that he said it made it sound 
like that's what he meant that it could happen this year. They were like talking about specific games. Like we didn't want to have have it happen early in the year so these guys can get some games under their belt and not over overshadow them. And it's like interesting. So if they're out of the playoffs. I could see that happen. Like way, yeah, that's know, way true. Out early, I could see it happening. That, that is season. true. So anyway. uh, that was just a couple of things from from Mark Cuban. There's some other things you can go listen to their podcast and uh, hear from Cubes about his workout routine, uh, a crazy like uh, a crazy Shark Tank deal he did that you can turn your family's ashes or your family's hair into diamonds to remember them. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Yep. So you can go listen. To them. That's the greatest tease I've ever made it's for somebody else's podcast. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's what I have about Bennett and Skin and Mark Cuban. Uh, what did you see in the arena? What was the feel? What was the atmosphere? Was it exciting? Was it everything you ever hoped it was? Oh, yeah. I mean, just, gosh, just looking forward to this game. is um, Yeah, it's the first game of the season. It's just completely different than preseason. Preseason's fun. It just, yeah, it, it's just a totally different vibe. Uh, walking into the arena uh, two loyal listeners stopped me and was like, "Hey, locked on Mavericks, let's go!" And uh, so, shout out to you two guys. Shouts. And uh, yeah, shouts uh, Hebron football, let's go. Um, anyway, got into the arena and gosh, it's like Justin Jackson, a few people warming up. I just my whole thing when I get to the arena, I just go and sit down. Normally, I go and sit on the away team side and just watch the other team because I see these guys like practice or warm up and stuff different time and I want to see the away team and I texted Nick when I was there I was like I legit don't know half these people are doing their like warm up routine <laughs> the players I, like the yeah for the wizards <laughs> and because like they don't have their jerseys on it's like these shooting shirts I'm like what the crap like who is this guy who are you why are you like why are you here and um but no I watched uh, Hachimura go through his whole you know pregame thing and I was like, I almost texted you and be like, can I be all in on him right now? Because <laughs> uh, I just, I, I think he's going to be fine. I, I hate that he went top 10, and but I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a good basketball player. So uh, on that note, Japanese media Oof, that was at the game, man. unbelievable. Uh, really, really cool scene. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's not even comparable to like, Slovenian media to like Luca and stuff. I don't know if this was just because it was Hachimura's first game or if they plan on like following him uh, throughout his like rookie season stuff. But I mean, I'm I'm not lying. I mean, 30 to 40 people. Uh, That's a lot that, for, for media. There's usually 30, 40 people at a really highly attended game. As far exactly. As so, I mean, just a ton. Uh, it was just really cool. It was really cool uh, to have them asking questions to Carla and Luca and different, you know, things after the game about what they thought about Hachimura and stuff. So, uh, really cool rooting for him. I think he's going to be a really good basketball player. But, uh, yeah, just the feel inside the arena, they hand out t shirts and signs. And uh, the. So, when they, when they did Dirk's um, retirement night, Cuban had them bring in these uh, these boxes. And I don't even know the official name of it to do the on court graphic stuff to where the court can turn into like and do all the 3D looking stuff on the court. It lights and, and projectors and things like that. Yeah, it's definitely it's projector stuff, but uh, there's like official name for it and stuff. They literally bring out these big mats that are like hardwood like 
covered mats or it looks like hardwood and cover the logos and stuff and then do this like 3d looking stuff on the on the court and so they kept that from dirk's thing and now they're just gonna have they have it all the time so they did these insane like on-court graphics before like during the starting lineups and uh, since it was opening night they did the whole roster and it was just it added to it the you know, the the crowd for Porzingis and Luca being the last person to start lineup and that Lou sound you know obviously it sounds a little bit like boo sometimes but everybody knows it's Lou I can't like it is so loud in that place of just everyone and like it, it's just it's so yeah it it was incredible and this is the place I was I was so impressed with the fans tonight if you're at the game the this Wizards game tonight the hats sellout off Wizards game sellout the sellout streak continued uh, but shout out to you crowd was insane uh, even when they went up by like 20 and uh, there's a decent amount of people that left but the people stuck around then it got closer and the Brad Bill stuff we'll talk about and it just got so fun and intense and yeah I was just all in and I just loved it I stood up a few times I stood up twice <laughs> I'll tell you later on what it when it was or you can take a guess I stood up twice in the press box and which media doesn't really stand up but I was just all in it was just so such a fun night uh, really fun win yeah, it's frowned upon if you cheer for the team in the press box, but it's so high up and it's so far away from everyone else that it kind of... <laughs> I'm just going to be real. I write for the team, all right? So, and uh, this yeah. is the one time that I'll be like, all right, I write literally for the team. I'm going to hype up the team all the time and I talk about this team every single day. If I want to stand up and because I think it plays, then y'all can yell at me. I don't care. Yeah, didn't get into this to be super professional and to uh, be stuffy and wear a tie every day. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Coming up, let's get into this game. We'll break it down. There's so many different things. Luca going off. Porzingis' first game, first real game, first real action. Uh, there's just so much stuff to talk about. But before we do, Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code Locked On at checkout. Indochino.com, promo code Locked On. All right, Isaac, let's get into it. What stood out to you the most? Uh, I think the first, mm. the, we have to start here. <laughs> what stood out to me the most? Let's just start with the first quarter. Courtney Lee started. Why did Courtney yeah. Lee start? We got this, you know, 30 minutes before the game like you're supposed to. That's a new rule that coaches or teams are, are they have to release their starting lineups 30 minutes before the game. And we get this, it's just a tweet from the Dallas Maps. It's just their graphic with these are the starters and Courtney Lee's faces on there. <laughs> and it confused everyone. Uh, he played 16 total minutes, which was the least amount of minutes that any player played for the Mavericks besides JJ and Boban. It, he had four points, one rebound. He took five shots, three threes, and he missed all three of them uh, and two fouls. Why did Courtney Lee start? Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest question, especially before the game. I didn't really care about it too much after the game. I kind of forgot that he started, to be honest. Uh, Played the least the amount among any player. Yeah, but uh, Tim Cato from The Athletic, friend of the pod, um, asked Carlisle about that and about just him starting, what he liked about that unit and stuff. And I thought it was so intriguing uh, what Rick said of saying, you know, he gave a great answer to it, which was really cool of Carlisle. And of saying... Hey, we went back and we watched tape 
of Brad Bill, and we watched tape of all the guys on our team when they've defended him, and who's guarded him the best? He said, and we we thought that Courtney Lee has guarded him the best over the past multiple years, and yeah, and that's why they went went with him, and they put him on on Brad Bill, and I just thought that was fascinating. He's like, we watched so much tape. You can just picture them watching tape of every game that like Dorian or Justin or. Hardaway or Courtney Lee, all of them have played against Brad Bill over the past multiple years. And we're like, all right, who's guarded him the best? And he went into a little bit more detail about like, hey, he just knew, he kind of knew where he went and how he plays and different stuff. And so, yeah, there's your answer why Courtney Lee started. Now, his answer to that made it very clear. That third, that third not really what he the small four spot the three spot yeah he said that lineup is going to be fluid that three position and then he kept saying that that third guy the 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 wing the wing guy he was like yeah. trying to just he's trying to not say like small forward or three or you know something you know normal like that uh that that's going to be fluid that it's going to change it's going to be matchup based which we roll our eyes at but it is and this first lineup mm-hmm. definitely proves that because they looked at the film they said Courtney Lee has guarded Bradley Bill the best in the past and they decided to start Courtney Lee. And, I mean, I guess it kind of worked. Bradley Beal didn't really go off until later. No, he it, it honestly did work. I mean, that that's the thing at the beginning. I tweeted out, and I was like, it was like midway through the second quarter. I'm like, why doesn't Bradley Beal have like 20 shots on this team? This team is garbage. And, like, this is literally, I mean, this has to be the worst team in the league. I over Charlotte, uh, Jonathan Charks came up and sat with me during halftime. We were just talking about. It. He's like, "This is legit a G League team when Brad Bill's not, not like not on the floor, and I, he should just be like James Harden for them. He he has to shoot it so much. Like in a way, you're you look at it and you're like, I kind of feel bad for you, bro. But I'm like, then you just signed up for this for like a couple more know, years. Yeah, so it's like I, on I him now. <laughs> yeah, I really don't feel bad for you that much. <laughs> but um, can we just touch on Wizard stuff just real quick? Yeah, uh, with, with Brad Beal, I thought it was fascinating that that Delon Wright didn't guard Bradley Beal at all. That was one of my first. That was one of my real takeaways from the game that I think we really need to get into. But if you want to talk about like other Wizards things besides that, then we can. No, I I just got one thing. Go, Isaac. You say it, Isaac. The thing is, he's German. Isaac. I know. Bonga. I know. They kept on saying Isaac, and I'm like. I've had like friends in my life joke with me like, oh, Isak, Isak, ha ha ha. And I've never heard it like in a professional way. And every time he would do something, you know, it'd be Isak Bonga for two. Isak Bonga. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've never like just heard my name in a, like, yeah, pronounced that way. And like, the thing is, Isaac, it's not your name, it's Isak's name. Uh, all right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, I'm just glad that he started. Cool. Like, I'm I'm glad he's getting minutes. Um, hey, he got honestly to, he had, got to guard Luka Doncic. That was that was his assignment to start his NBA career as a starter. The people, I think these are the two people I saw warming up. That I had no clue they were. They didn't check in the game. But Justin Robinson and Garrison Matthews, never heard of these names in my entire life. These are created players off 2K. <laughs> And uh, even Chris Chioza, don't know you. I think you started in preseason. Uh, anyway, I like Thomas Bryant. I'm just going to be do open. Too. I think he got screwed a few times just on the island with Luca. And I love this guy's energy. He threw like a temper tantrum when he got <laughs> his technical, and I thought that was just crazy. Uh, but it's just wild. Like, if another team had him in the league and they just let him go for free, 
I I don't know why you know I don't know if that ever happened or not, but I just think Thomas Bryant's a pretty good basketball player. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, I don't think he should be a starting center. I think he should be a backup center. But you know, no, no, exactly. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's not a starting center. He's not the next Towns or something. But uh, I just like I love it. This dude's energy. You don't have a lot of players that have his energy and his motor and stuff. He should never shoot a three pointer ever again in a <laughs> basketball game. But uh, but yeah, I like him. So that's all we have on the Wizards. <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry. So uh, the Courtney Lee thing, we fi- we figured that out. Uh, guarding Brad Beal. DeLon Wright didn't guard Brad Beal at all. And then this brings up one of my biggest things from this game besides that Luka is awesome and that KP actually looks like it's going to it's gonna work pretty good. What is DeLon Wright's role? Like, what is what is DeLon Wright? He didn't guard Brad Beal once. This is, a, this is a guy that you would think that you bring in DeLon Wright to guard, right? Bradley Beal is shooting guard. He's, what, 6'5". He's not too big for him. He's you know shouldn't be too fast for him. He did not guard him for one possession by my but you know the when I watched it. They threw uh obviously they threw Courtney Lee on him, they threw Tim Hardaway Jr. on him, they had Dorian Finney Smith on him at times, and but never DeLon Wright. Why? Why never DeLon Wright? What's the point of having him out there if he's just gonna guard Ish Smith? I, yeah, I mean I honestly just think that he's gonna guard the opposing team's point guard every single night. And that's just how I think it's going to roll, no matter who it is. And he was probably, and if we're if we're just going by Rick's comment, he was probably in that category in which they watched tape on. And they came out of it and saying, hey, we think Courtney Lee has defended him the best over the past couple of years, so we're going to put Courtney Lee out there. And I just think whoever's at that three spot, I think it's going to be guarding the best wing wing guy, and DeLon Wright will always take the opposing team point guard. How, I mean, is Ish Smith the worst starting point guard in the league? Probably. Yeah, probably. So it's like if he's going to guard Ish Smith, I'm pretty confident he's going to guard the, the other 29 point guards. So That's wild to me, though. It just, it just does not make sense in my brain, but I'm sure that there's a good explanation for it. I just don't I think it, it depends is. on who that, thir- that third person is. I think they're rolling like Justin Jackson out there. And there's like Bradley Bill on the floor. I think Delon Wright has to guard him at that point. I don't. I'm not comfortable putting Jackson on. The him. thing is, though, they were putting Tim Hardaway Jr. on Bradley Bill when Delon Wright was out there. So they're telling me that Tim Hardaway Jr. is a better defender than Delon Wright, or that they're just going to stick with the role. They're going to do like you know the Nerlens thing, where he has to play this role and he can't stray outside of this role. And when he does, Carlisle gets mad. <laughs> they're they're doing that yeah. with this point guard too now. I'm assuming honest. I don't know a ton about Tim Hardaway's defense. That's something I've never really looked into tape or any of that stuff before. I'm anxious to see how good of a defender he is. That's just something I want to learn about him. I just don't know that. So I don't, I obviously I lean towards, Oh, I don't, is he that good a defender? But like, he could be good at defense and I just don't know it. So I don't know. I don't know what the Mavericks think about Tim Hardaway's defense either. Obviously they put him on Brad build, you know, decent amount. Yeah. So I feel you know comfortable with it, and the fact that he came back after that ankle, you know, twisting his ankle stuff, I thought that was incredible. Like I, I thought he was gonna be done the way he got up, and and even after the game in the locker room, he was walking just fine in the locker room, doing interviews, and he was great. And it's like, dang, yeah, he just tweaked his ankle, I guess, a little bit. Went out uh, in the second quarter, I think. Yeah, the beginning of the second quarter, he got hurt, went to the locker room, and he was back by uh, five minutes and forty six seconds left in the the second quarter. The the first the first quarter minutes 
fascinating for me. I, I was so fascinated by the first quarter. I was looking forward to it so much, more than anything, because I wanted to see who the first people off the bench were going to be. Yeah. I wanted to see how long these rotations lasted with Luka and KP and all that stuff. And Luka almost played the entire first quarter. And I had the tweet like ready on my like computer of like, Luka Doncic played the entire first quarter. Because he literally played 10 minutes and 11 seconds out of the 12 minutes that you can yeah. play in the first quarter. That's a pretty dang good stretch. And That's, a, that's I mean, a good stretch, and a lot of star players do that. A lot of star players play the entire first quarter. Steph Curry definitely does this. Uh, Kevin Durant used to do this, and he probably still will. Uh, you know, Guys play the entire first quarter that are out there. Um and Luca wants to be that kind of guy, and you know it sets the tone for everything. The first quarter was just dreadful. <laughs> it felt like they ended. Uh, it was twenty-four to twenty-five. They're down by one at the end of the first quarter. Everything seemed to be a travel. Just anytime yep. somebody caught the ball, they're just calling. What that, are you doing, referees? They're calling that we are, so much. We are not here to see you. We're not here to cover you. I don't care. What? Why are you calling this so much? It was unbelievable. Like, stop. It Just doesn't stop. affect. It doesn't affect the. The thing is, for me, it doesn't affect the game. When someone catches the ball on the wing and drives, and you know they, they lift one of their their feet or whatever, or they set a pivot yeah. and then, then they lift after they catch it, like that doesn't really give them an advantage. Yeah, and for you listening, people are listening on this podcast and be like, "What do you don't want them to follow the rules? Yeah. Travel is a travel." <laughs> Listen. Players are going to this. You could call it. This is like holding in in football. Okay, yeah. this is like calling. You could call a hold almost every time a freaking snap is like it happens. This is going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. So it's just a matter of whether you want to put an emphasis on it or not and call it. And I'm sure that the league has a thing like, hey, let's focus on uh, calling travels first part of the season. I'm like, come stop. Like this, it isn't going anywhere. Like players are going to continue doing this forever. And it, it just it, it they, there's no no rhythm. I texted Nick and I was like, "This is boring." In the first quarter, <laughs> I literally did. I'm like, I, I just hated the first quarter. I'm like, this is not fun. I was so mad. Isaac was very mad. Uh, Porzingis didn't hit his first shot until two minutes and 19 seconds left in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. But then eventually, after he, that, he got good looks though. He got good looks. Good, he had he had good. Some- <laughs> He had good op- looks. He had open threes at the beginning. Yes. Good looks, but I still want him taking more shots in the paint. That was his I first still- shot. That was his first I- shot in the paint. It's almost the same thing that he did to Blake Griffin in that preseason game. He got into the paint, he pulled up, he rose up over, you know, Bo- uh, Wagner or whoever it was and and hit a shot and it was just it was great. I yeah, I just yeah. It gets it, my- it it really does get his rhythm going. He's a guy that needs to see the bottom of the net. He he got some free throws. He started to see it go through the net, and then all of a sudden, the threes started falling for him too. Yeah, that's a, I, I just I want him to not just start off, but I want him to get more touches. That's another thing. Charkstein, we're talking about at halftime. Where it's like, hey, we got to get the ball to him on like the block, like get it, get him around the basket. Something. He's seven three. I mean, this is the, I, I, this is the thing that was super frustrating watching the Lakers play too. Is that they kept giving it to Anthony Davis, fifteen to twenty feet from the basket, and say, "Go do something." And it seemed like that's where Porzingis was getting it too. And I just wonder if teams haven't installed enough of their offense yet and enough plays like and actions to actually do this. But you'd think that I, I would like to see them run some pick and roll, pick and pop with, with Porzingis. I, did, I felt like they didn't really commit to doing that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I don't. 
right now, I'm not the biggest fan of KP getting the ball and ISOing it out and doing a crossover or a step back from like 18 feet. I'm not the biggest fan of that. Like it's kind of like Embiid-ish in Philly of like, hey, let's get it to him in the paint. But he's a better shooter than Embiid. I get it. He can shoot the lights out. I just think that there's a balance in that that you that you can have, and especially when he start he started missing some threes and stuff. I'm like, all right, once he misses like a couple outside shots, let's run a let's like design a play to get it to him on the on the block. Let's get him you know something inside, and yeah, it's like you said. I mean, I think it was the second quarter. He had like nine points to end the second quarter or something or the first quarter or one of those quarters. I'm drawing a blank now, mm-hmm. but he's got to see it go in the basket. And I I, I think there's just still working out the wrinkles in that. Yeah, I think it was the end of the first quarter. I think he had nine points, and he didn't score until you know two minutes and twenty seconds left. <laughs> he scored nine points in two minutes and twenty seconds. He can just he can the, just get hot and hit a bunch of shots anywhere. The non KP Luca minutes, Oof. like when when one of them are or when both of them are off the floor, that stuff I'm I'm watching too. And because I I wrote down, I think it was like a minute and a half, uh, in the first half. It was like literally like a minute and a half in which one of them, because Luca played the first like 10 minutes and in that 10 minutes, like KP, you know, checked out after like what, six minutes or something. And then Luca stayed on the floor and then Luke, I mean, KP came back on when Luca left at like 10 minutes, you know, yeah, yeah. into the first quarter. So it's like they were staggering them pretty well. You don't count the second half because they were up by 20 and then they set them and then Wizards came back. So then they had to put them back in and like all that stuff. I don't, I don't really put a lot into that rotation um, because I think if it's a close game, I don't think we're going to see that exact fourth quarter rotation, but I was, yeah, I was, I'm super curious on how many minutes per game that Luca and KP will both be off the floor. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. All right, coming up, let's get into Luka Doncic's game. He had an awesome game. We'll also talk about Brunson. I thought that he was a catalyst for this game because I just think it's so important. And then we're going to hear from Luca after the game and uh, what he thought about the Brad Beal thing, and he has an incredible quote that is just the best. All right, Isaac, let's talk about Brunson first because the game was really stagnant. We were talking about it. They weren't really hitting shots. They weren't really doing a ton in the offense. It just seemed like you know, they were trying to find driving lanes, and then when they weren't there, they just were settling for jumpers. <laughs> it just kind of felt like that's what they were trying to do at the beginning. And then in the second quarter, Jalen Brunson starts to take over. He... Brunson checked in um, at, at the end of the first quarter, and then in the second quarter, he really started to take over. Chris Chioza for the, the Wizards was just getting mm. abused by Brunson. I mean, Brunson was just was a head and shoulders better than him, and he started taking this lineup of uh, Brunson, Curry, Justin Jackson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Porzingis. Porzingis at the five, by the way, which we saw a lot in this game, and he just started really uh, – bringing the Mavericks back and then giving them that lead. I think he was plus 11 after he went out in the second quarter, in the middle of the second quarter, and then Luka extended the lead. But Brunson's what really made it work. Brunson's what went out there and really put the oil into the you know the car, the machine of the offense, and really started to make things work. Kind of like what we think J.J. Barea has been doing for years and years and what we thought he might have to do for this team, but Brunson might be ready to do that role now. Jalen Brunson's the third best Dallas Maverick. And- Ooh. He is. He he just he has to be on the floor. Uh, I think one or, like when honestly, I'd love to have him or Seth, one of them on the floor at all times. 
and I love like they're creating. Seth came in and gave some big minutes too. Uh, and got some. Seth's hurt big, too, by the way. They they weren't sure yeah. if Seth was even going to play in this game, uh, so that's why he didn't play a ton. But when he did play, he he did some good things, and I think he's going to play a lot. Just he's dealing with some injuries right now. Yeah, Rick expanded on that post game. Said that even like even like a weird injury with like his garage door in which he like like cut one of his a couple of his fingers at his garage door at home. It got stuck in the garage door and he had him bandaged up and Bro, you just signed and, a four year deal. Get somebody else to do your garage door. <laughs> uh, I'll come anyway, to your garage door, Seth. Come on. Um but yeah, when Brunson gets in the game, I mean you saw Brunson uh he was towards the end of the game, you know, playing late when you know, Wizards People like you look at the score and think it was a blowout. Like Wizards had it under ten, like under with a yeah, um, not a ton of time left in the game. But uh, Brunson stayed out there. When you look at minutes played, Brunson played twenty four minutes. Uh, that's more than anyone else who played tonight, outside of uh, Luca, KP, and Finney Smith. Finney Smith played thirty two minutes tonight. Uh, he should be the uh, fifth starter. By the way, I will keep on dying <laughs> on that hill right now. He will. He um, probably will be. This I, this was a weird one off. I feel like. But yeah, but I mean, we can't praise Brunson enough. His, I don't think his playmaking everything. I don't think great. Brunson should start though. Are you in that camp? Because there's some people saying that that after the game, and I just don't like. Even Mike Prada from SB Nation was like, Brunson should should start. Like, yeah, he's good and he's better than Delon Wright, but I don't think he should start because I think they need him to come off the bench. Yeah, I'm in the camp that I think he uh, should could finish games, but not start. I want Delon and Dorian to start games. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm with you on that still too. Uh, yeah, Brunson was 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 massive. I think he was really. I mean, without him, I wonder where this game goes. It's just it's one of those you know butterfly effect. Or if he doesn't come mm-hmm. in and really just you know grease the wheels for the Mavericks, does, does anything really happen <laughs> for them in this game? Luca hit his first step back with six minutes left in the second quarter. He starts going off. You start Freaking really Luka start really feeling it. The Luca magic. He ends with thirty four points. Um, he had thirty two points going into the. End of the third quarter. I think there was like four minutes left. And all these people were tweeting, oh, his his career high is 35. How quickly is he going to get it? Like Brad Townsend even said, how quickly is Luka going to get his career high? And then he never did. <laughs> he didn't even hit his career high. Way to jinx it, I, Brad. I, I honestly didn't think we are going to see him. You know, like they, they got yeah, uh, dang 20, near 20. Uh, it was close to that. And you just thought that they were just going to pull away. But they kept on hitting some threes. I feel like Mo Wagner hit like 15 threes. Um, I missed my missed my mark on that. I said Bertans. I guess I should have said Wagner <laughs> of predicting that he'd have a big game. I did say that Luca would have 30. Uh, but he had 30 and three quarters. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I thought that was um, – yeah. The fact that he had 34 points tonight. He, he's just – I love the Bradley Bill stuff so much. And not just like everything that happened tonight, but just the symbolism behind like Bradley Bill's an all star. Yeah. One of the best players in the league. And Luka Doncic is on that level. And, and he respected him like he's on that level. He went after him yes. like he's on that level. Yes. And Bradley Bill, like even down in that game, he it got and Rick Carlos said it after the game, it got personal. And when he's, you know, Bradley Bill's up in their face, and you see some of these players take exception because, guys, we all know it's it's okay to admit this. Lucas not the most humble dude on the basketball court. All right, mm-hmm. so he likes to have fun. He likes to entertain. Uh, it's totally understandable that it can come across as a little showboatish sometimes. Or, um, yeah, I, I I totally understand how some other teams can get satisfaction out of trying trying 
to get up in his grill or trying to get in his head or trying to shut him down. I totally get that. And Bradley Bill took exception to that. They started guarding each other in the fourth. And it was just fun. It was a fun back and forth between two of the best, two, two, not just one, two of the best players in the NBA. And it just shows you the level that Luka's at. Mm. Speaking of Luka, let's hear from Luka about Bradley Beal, the dust-up, the kerfuffle, the ejection. And then we're going to hear from one of the uh, you know, the great Dallas heroes. Uh, he had a question for Luka as well about him and uh, Bradley Beal. Look, what do you think of the way that Beal challenged you uh, in the fourth quarter and just kind of the way you guys went back and forth to each other? Yeah, I mean, that was great. That's what basketball is about. You know, you don't have no friends on the court. Uh, I respect him for doing that. You know, everybody's saying he's a only a fancy player. You know, he showed that he's great on defense too. And, you know, he showed us there. So I respect that for him. There was a time at the end of the game where you and Bradley Bill were talking back and forth. It looked like you pointed at the scoreboard. Did you tell him to look at the scoreboard? Uh, I think so, yeah, but I don't really remember. After after he got Jackie, he just said to me, uh, yeah, it's just basketball, you know. And I, like I said, I really respect him. And, you know, it's just basketball. There's no friends on court. Did you catch that? That line? One of the greatest lines <laughs> that I've heard Lucas say. There are no friends on the court. That's it. That's the tweet. That's the title. There are no friends on the court. That's Luca's mentality when he goes when mm-hmm. he goes on the court when he plays. Uh, you can be buds with him. You can be friends with him. Obviously, if you're on his team, it's different. But when you go on the basketball court and you're playing against Luca, he's a competitor no matter what. And that showed in this game. I mean, he's he's cool with Brad Beal. He's the first one to come up and you know give him dap after he got ejected after he got the technical and you know. They're cool with it, but when they're playing and when they're competitors, it's on. I I love every bit of that. You know, uh, Tim McMahon, this is what Tim McMahon does for ESPN. He loves getting these quotes from guys and uh, that have scuffles or words during the games and stuff like that. And he went and talked to Brad Bill first in the Wizards locker room. And Brad Bill is the first one that kind of say, hey, this is basketball for the most part. You know, like Luca's probably been playing since he was 10. Like just praising Luca and saying, hey, it's no big deal. This is part of the game. And so we waited on Luca forever at his locker. He finally came, finally talked to us. And Luca just echoed the same thing of like him saying, this is just, this is what basketball is about. Like, this is just part of it. I respect him. He's saying people talk about him being an offensive player, but I respect his defense. You know, this is just basketball. I think he even said after, um, you know, Bill was ejected, uh, which was a pretty weak ejection that, you know, yeah, they dapped up and, 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 you know, Bill told him, he's like, Hey man, this is just basketball. And he's like, I know that like, like Luca knows that they're, it, it just, I love the. It's like, I've when, been a pro longer than you, I know. <laughs> and, yeah, for real. And, uh, you know, I asked Luca about the scoreboard thing. And because there was a point in which Luca, they were mouthing off, and Luca points up at the scoreboard. And it's clear. I mean, is he pointing at something in the stands or whatever? Uh, it clearly is the scoreboard. And I'm like, you can just picture right now that, you know, he's just talking smack, Brad Bill is. And Luca's like, hey, look at the scoreboard, bro. Like, y- y'all losing. And uh, it's just it's fun banter back and forth. It's fun seeing those guys. It's it's fun seeing uh, Luca loves to entertain. Like we we're saying, he thrives off this stuff. Like it, it's just yeah, it was a. I'm I'm glad Rick brought him back into that game. Yeah, because uh, I was scary. He didn't. And then Porzingis there. Like everybody, it was just a really fun. I think it was a bonding moment too, in a weird way. Oh, it definitely was. That play at the end where Luca throws up the step back 
and he misses, and Dorian gets the offensive rebound. He tries to put it back, and then he you know, loses. He gets blocked, and he loses it, and then fumbles it, and it goes over to Brunson. Brunson you know, drives straight to the basket. Porzingis is on the other side. He throws it up to him and lobs it. And then the camera pans back, and it's just Luca just going nuts and just you know screaming like that is that's a team moment where the team just had you know a moment together where they were winning, things were going well, and that's what bonds a team. I think you know winning covers a lot of things, and if they had anything, which you know we see, feels like their chemistry is good, then uh, then it helped. <laughs> then this helped whatever yeah. whatever they may have had. And yeah, and uh, the chemistry between Luca and KP is just going to keep growing. It's going to keep getting better. Luca was asked about it after the game. He's like, "Hey, it's it's going to still take time of them getting on the exact same page. Uh, that closing lineup, that five man lineup, that's the closing lineup I want and I love. The Brunson, Dorian, um, Luca, KP. Um, who am I missing? There's somebody else. What? Uh, the closing lineup tonight: Luca, Brunson." KP, Dorian, Maxi. I guess it's Maxi. Um, but yeah, I know it's against the Wizards, but I love those two guys uh, in there, Bronson and, and Dorian. But it was just, it was just a blast. That fourth quarter was so much fun. Uh, the two times that I stood up, one, <laughs> the Porzingis lob that you just described, I thought it was incredible. Was it great. was just, it rocked the house. Was that the loudest two, that the arena was? That or this moment. When Brad Bill hit the floor. Oh. Because Dropped in the him. moment, in the moment, <laughs> it, it, you didn't know he tripped. Yeah. And in the moment, in the arena, I stood up. I was like, oh, God, no, there's no <laughs> way. I mean, that was worse than a Koji, a Koji for Minnesota last year. And, 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 and the fact that they had been talking smack. Yeah. And, like, and Brad Bill's an all-star. And like, I'm like, there's no way Luca just dropped him that bad. Like, this will be on everything. And I was I was shook for a bit. And then they showed the replay, and he I, he clearly clipped yeah, Brunson's yeah. shin. And uh, so still, uh, it was still fun. It, it was the, I just can't describe the instant, oh, like, it sound in the arena when that happened. But, uh, yeah, it, it was fun. Those two moments were great. And uh, two of many moments that's going to happen this year in American Airlines. Yeah, Center. that's just the first. That's This is just the first real competitive game of the season, Isaac. There's another one on Friday. They're undefeated right now. So <laughs> keep it, keep it the there. Pelicans on, on Friday. but uh, Should we talk man. about Carlisle's tech? Which he didn't get ejected. We almost got a board bet check. On there because uh, he almost got ejected with the second, but almost got ejected, and Luca didn't switch shoes at halftime. Oh, he didn't. Okay, I didn't. No, I, didn't I, notice I that. watched for that. Way to be honest about that. Since <laughs> <laughs> that's your thing, uh, could you hear Carlisle's audio? Could you hear what he said before he got the technical? No, I didn't. <laughs> There's a video on my Twitter at Nick Van Exit. You can go look at it. Uh, and you can hear it very clearly. Uh, blow the effing whistle, but just straight up said it. You can hear it clear as day on the broadcast. Like it was, like it was somebody saying it into a microphone. It was hilarious. Ken Mauer didn't like that. I need some. I need to know Ken Mauer's hair product. It's in. I don't know. He looks like a gargoyle. It's called double sided tape. <laughs> double sided. Uh, yeah. Anything else you have on this game? Oh, the Mavericks went super small a couple times. We saw Dorian play yeah. at the five. Uh, we didn't see Boban at all in this game, which is not surprising because the um, Wizards don't have any bigs that you're really worried about. Yeah, they, they no. out-rebounded them by one, but 
Uh, they're not any huge bigs that you're worried about, and they have mobile guys, like mobile big men that they can play, and that really hurts Boban. Um, so I'm not surprised that we didn't see Boban. A little surprised we didn't see J.J. Barea. I guess they're just playing it cautious with him, or they just yeah, decided know. that Brunson I mean, was better in the moment. I, I, I meant to get an answer on this after the game, but I really wanted to talk to Luca, and so I kind of chose Luca over any, all the other stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know the answer to the J.J. stuff. You might know something by the time you listen to this podcast. Yeah. It might have been, hey, like – he had soreness or something like that, or it could just him not playing. I don't know, but uh, going into the game and when the game started, I, to my assumption, he was fully healthy, ready to go. I, he went through pregame like routines and warmups and stuff. So, uh, and then he never checked in. So, uh, yeah, if he was fully healthy, I would be really surprised that he didn't he didn't get in. Okay, the moment of truth. What did you think of the jerseys? They're not that bad. They're not. The thing is, they're not bad. That I don't think anyone's saying, "Oh, these are terrible jerseys. They look awful." It's just they're not a statement. The whole thing is they're yeah. supposed to be a statement, and it's just they're just blue with a stripe on them. Yeah, honestly, they look uh, like halfway black in person. They just look so dark. That's what that's what I like about them. They're just such a deep dark navy blue, to where it just that contrasted with like the number and. And like um, team name and like last name and stuff. I think that looks good and I think it's fine. I would just, if we're going to go with that type of blue, I would still prefer the Skyline jerseys. Uh, I li- I actually like the Skyline jerseys. But um, yeah, that, that's at least a statement. Like, look, this is our city. <laughs> yeah. These, these ain't bad. I'm not, okay. And that's my thing. I'm not overly worried about them like I am uh, uh, something. The, the city jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, but so it's kind of like it's kind of like Carmelo and Jeff Green to where you're like, all right, Jeff Green looks great right now compared to Carmelo, and so I don't know if I'm following you with this analogy. Because okay, well yeah, the Jeff Green is like, hey, compared to Melo, like uh, give me oh, Jeff com- Green yeah, all compare, day. If you compare them, <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me that all day long. So I think it's kind of skewing how I feel about the statement jerseys a little bit. And then I mentioned. I mentioned on Twitter, and I'm going to mention it again for those that maybe didn't listen the first time. Luca going off. Luca just a little bit quicker, a little bit better on his step back. The person we have to thank for all of this, the conditioning, the new Holger, Anna Maria. Guys, she did it all the way in Slovenia. She helped. I didn't see her tonight. I was taking a video of Luca in his pregame routine, and right beside me, was his mom with her phone and it was like she was like part of media taping it it was literally like my mom when i was like a kid and i was like playing little league and my mom would be sitting there like taking <laughs> pictures and stuff she was like right beside me with her phone taking pictures of luca uh warming up and stuff i'm like this why ain't this just a family like cool thing right here? Like, <laughs> yeah oh man that's funny his, his mom posted a hilarious meme which is like the uh the couple laying in bed and the guy's looking one way and the girl's like, I wonder what he's thinking. I wonder if he's thinking about another woman. And he's like, I wonder if the Mavericks will win. We'll go to the playoffs this year. <laughs> that was great. Um, all right. Anything? I'm, I'm sure we have so many other things we can get to, but anything else in this game? No, we're already, yeah, we already went long. Sorry. I don't care. It's the first game. But, yeah. It's first game. It was a fun game. Uh, ride this momentum, have fun with it. Uh, tomorrow on Thursday and then Friday at New Orleans. That should be fun. Even though Zion, 
Uh, we'll see uh, kind of what they do with the starting lineup. Uh, I think they started Drew Holiday at the small forward spot the other night. New Orleans yeah, they started uh, Lonzo, Redick, and Drew Holiday. So the Mavericks could get away with a lot of different lineups against that if they do that again. They started Ingram at the four. They, the thing is, they really don't have anybody that can defend Porzingis. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm curious on like in this situation, you, like naturally, some people would be like, "Yeah, you just put Luke on JJ Redick. JJ Redick runs yeah, so you don't much and runs you off don't, screen. You do not so want like, that. yeah, so like, who do you want to put Luke on? Drew Holiday's probably the best player. Um, Brandon Ingram's the best ISO player, and then you have Lonzo. I mean, I guess I'd put Luke on Lonzo, and then have somebody have Delon or somebody just chase around. Uh, JJ Redick and I, I don't know. I'd probably put Delon right on Drew Holiday. Yeah, but Delon is going to go on the point guard, and the point guard is Lonzo. So <laughs> we just went through that whole thing. Exactly. We'll preview. We'll preview this game tomorrow. But there you go. That's the uh, post game from the Wizards game. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hearing from Luca and all that. If you like this show, you will like all of our other shows. So follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Maps, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. Subscribe to us if you have not. If you're if you're not subscribed, I don't know how you're listening to this, but you should. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>